0: It's Pip on Triple M, joined by pub rock Aussie royalty, Angry Anderson. Hello. <laughs> uh,
1: thank you. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Um, I am the rock royalty thing. It always tickles me. I'm sorry.
0: Tickles sorry.
1: you? No, yeah, it just tickles me. I just kind of, you know, like, I, I, don't get me wrong. I love it. I love the accolade. But um, and, and, and one of the things that it, that it sort of denotes too, if you like, or one of the things that it is that it means you've reached a certain stage in your life where it, where you can be considered you know like a, you know like an elder statesman or you can be an older uh, you know uh, like, like you know I've got I've got a senior's card you know I get into the movies for ten bucks it's amazing it's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk though because it doesn't look like you are slowing down anytime soon. You've got the Blood Brothers 2018 tour and I'm so excited because you're kicking it off here in Albury at the SSNA Club March 31. Yeah, well I have
1: to say and I know of course this is, this is the appropriate thing to say the SSNA club has become in, in in our top list of favorite gigs it is definitely one of our favorite gigs and it, and it came about um, you know some years ago uh, I remember performing there once with um, with the James Southwell band I, and I'm, uh, since then I've done a few shows there with um, with blood sweat and beers and um, and <clears throat> I love the people. I mean, uh, the people who run the club are amazing. Um, it's a great venue. The crowds always come to the party. When I say come to the party, there's always a very good, like numbers-wise, there's always a great crowd. There's a, they're always very enthusiastic and very appreciative. In other words, they're, they're, your, they're your, you know, your, your, your pre-order, if you like, rock and roll crowd. They turn up. They're d- determined to have a good time. Um whatever sensible arrangements they make uh, to, to get home, they do because they obviously drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. And for us in a band, it's a great gig. So <clears throat> we kind of thought, you know, like, well, okay, where, where, where would we like to? And, of course, who, who was who was willing to take, you know, uh, uh, the band? And, and uh, as would have it, I mean, it was, like I said, it's on our top list of, of top great gigs. So we're really, really happy. And plus the fact that it's kind of like um, it's kind of like uh, Albury You know, when they say Albury it's, it's, it's definitely Albury this side of the this side of the the river.
0: We're all friends, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, couldn't couldn't have put that nicer. I was, I was I was actually looking for a way to to, to couch that, and of course, then we uh, move directly because we're travelling south. So we'll we'll go um, we'll go from there the south. Hmm.
0: And you've had a very busy 2017 playing at festivals over in Europe, which is sort of how this tour came about. Is that right it, it what happened
1: was um, in the old days of course you know the band's always been uh, bigger in europe hmm. than um, than it's been anywhere else actually um. Um, but having said that we, we were asked you know when, when Mick died 2009 I, I kind of just you know I lost heart and I just sort of thought you know I don't, I don't know whether I really want to do this anymore with Rose Tattoo and uh, of course I want to keep singing so you know um, I, I sort of got my my rocks off other ways with, with other, other people and um, we, we were being asked year after year after year please come back to Europe and um, so we thought okay and there's a mate, we made a mate made a mate out of a bloke that runs one of the bigger festivals over there uh, called Bang Your Head, which is, and he's he's one of those old school guys. He was he's been around since since the year dot, and he's a real cowboy and he runs his operation that way. And he, he, it's his he, passion and love for music. And um, he said, look, even if you just come across and do my show, you know, I'll pay everything, you know, blah blah blah, whatever. So I said to the boys in my band, which is the at that 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 stage I was working with my own lineup Angry Anderson and co and um I said look would you like to go and spend a weekend in Europe and I went yeah so we did and we went over there and and uh, and played as Tattoo and uh and it was an amazing experience so I came back with um the idea of putting I was I was the flame was reignited the embers were bur- you know slowly b- burning away but um, life got blown in, and I just thought to myself, you know what, I'm not done with Rose Tats yet, so I need to put together a lineup and um and, and go back and play as Rose Tats. I still love those songs with a great passion. Um, in fact, it's, I, I love those songs more than any other songs. And, um, you know, I just thought, well, yeah, no, no, I was wrong. It's not time to hang it up. It's time to sort of... You know, get back at it.
0: That seems to be something that has occurred for Rose Tattoo across your career. There's those real peaks and troughs, and when uh, when it comes, it comes big, though, doesn't it?
1: It, yeah, it's it's you know, without getting too D and M about the whole thing. (coughs) Pardon me. Yeah, and and I think it's true of all things that we do. It mirrors life uh, in in so much as. It, they're all examples of, of life itself, you know, the bigger picture. So, you know, yes, yeah, so we, we've had amazing highs, and we've had some, you know, some pretty tragic lows. I mean, uh, you know, four losses. I mean, the four original members, apart from myself, uh, have all died of cancer. And um, it, it, that, that was always tough to, you know, to deal with, as each one, you know, with Digger in the early days, of course, that was tough. We were just um, on the verge of, of reforming, you um, in um in 89 and um we were about to reform and and go on tour in america uh, with that album and uh that didn't happen he died and and there was and, and you know in the years that have rolled by they've um, one by one they've they've gone so they're not the only lows of course i mean you know there's other lows attached to a, the life of a band but um I, you know, at the end of the day, you wouldn't have it any other way because it's life itself. It's, 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 you know, one minute you're up, you think life couldn't get any better, and then life will then need you to learn something more about yourself. So it will present something to you that, uh, you know, c- brings you crashing down or, um, uh, you know, basically, you know, where you, the direction you were headed in, all of a sudden you've got to change direction and rethink again. But that's life just teaching us lessons, and and those lessons are only learnt uh, predominantly through pain or inconvenience or aggravation or irritation, if you like, whatever. But it always costs you something to learn a valuable lesson. And I remember my grandfather has always said, and he had no great love for him, he's a really, really hard man, but one of the things he said with great wisdom was that if it comes easy, it's probably not worth having.
0: That's a very good way of putting it. In saying that, as well, you've done a lot of work quite recently advocating for mental health. Tell me a bit about that. <laughs>
1: um, some years ago, um, well, actually, it goes back to it goes back to eighty five when I first joined Midday as a as a, a reporter with Ray Martin, and one of the first things that we that we championed, if you like, or that we we presented as stories was. Uh, you know, street kids, um, kids addicted to drugs and, and having to make a living through prostitution. And one of the common threads they had uh, with, with myself, of course, which revealed itself later, was that, um, they were, you know, I'm a survivor of pedophilia. Um, uh, I survived domestic violence with, at the hands of my father and, um, you know, got off to a rough uh, trot for, as a kid and, of course, when you do, um, and you don't realize until you get older, and when you're much older and mature and you, you, you make sense of these things, that, um, is that uh, you, you never, uh, um, by way of explanation, I, I don't suffer from depression because I deal with it, um, which is my message to anybody, which brings us to the mental health thing. I've dealt with depression, or I've lived with it all my life, you know, since I was five. And, um, (laughs) pardon me, it's the reason, actually, that I got my nickname. Um, My sadness as a kid uh, developed or transformed into anger uh, during puberty. And then, of course, that anger matured itself in my growing maturity as a a young male. And uh, fortunately, I was able to break the cycles um, of domestic violence in my own case. Um, I, I swore that I would never... Uh, you know, um, use my physical anger to uh, intimidate uh, people, particularly you know anyone that I was involved with in my family, my, my wife, my children, my my family members, whatever. But you know, people and people in general. But um, that's that's why I'm involved now because I see myself. I made the decision back in those days with Ray. Uh, the proposition was put to me by. Um, uh, a very learned woman who who worked for Bernardo's, and she said, "Angry, you know, you, you you could, if you wanted to, if you felt you could, you could you could do, a lot of good with your pain." And um, I'd already learnt the wisdom of using pain as as a force, as something that to 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 uh, to do good, because it's just an energy, right? So you can mm. you can convert or direct it in any way you want, and that's true of all energy. And, um, and I said, oh, yeah. And she said, well, use your pain uh, because uh, it resonates. She said, I've, res- I've seen it resonating with the kids that you deal with. And um, uh, she said, so, you know, stand up, speak up, um, don't be afraid of it. So I did. And um, it set me free. I, um, but then again, you know, the great wisdom is the truth always sets you free. Um, I found by publicly dealing with my own, gratefully in the great wisdom of the of the creational process i was able to contribute to other people's pain or lives in, in them dealing with their pain see that's the great thing about us all as a family as so to speak uh, socially we're all a family is that um we can relate one of the great gifts of being um you know a, a, a being like a human being is that we can relate emotionally and intelligently to one another and compassionately it's a great capacity to have
0: mm, it's beautiful um, speaking of that energy and channeling it you did have the outlet of being on stage and some of the antics particularly from the early days were mm. uh, pretty full-on these days I know you'd probably get into it but perhaps as the uh, un- unconscious part of the set kind of been taken out
1: uh, yes, the the extravagances of the early days were due to, <coughs> pardon me, um, well, well, there was chemical interference, which um, an alcohol, well, alcoholic beverage interference, but there was also there was also, um, and I've talked about it from time to time, trying to explain it, um, understand it, and explain it. Um, there, there's there's a moment in, in time where you're... What you feel inside is so, what, what, in other words, what happened on the stage, um, which, which yeah, for one of the reasons that Rose Tattoo became famous, infamous or whatever for its live performances, um, what shocked people and horrified people, <clears throat> that was a manifestation on the outside of what was going on inside. Mm-hmm. I was in, at that time, and I don't, I don't mind talking about it now because, uh, like I said before, moments ago, um, talking about it's liberating. I was in a lot of pain. I'd suffered a lot of, of a lot of damage as a kid, as a as a child, and um, and I'd, I'd I'd suffered, you know, as a growing young bloke in you know through school and and try to find my way in the world, you know, in, in with with the with the things that I had to deal with emotionally and internally. Um, so yeah, I was I was I was a, I was a very angry, angry. That's how I got the nickname.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was a very angry young man, and I was a very sad, frightened. I was, uh, and I was really, really, you know, like when I say the aggression I had. Um, if it hadn't been for a rock and roll band, and I'm, you know, I'm fond of saying this when I do public speaking, I would have actually ended up in jail because the anger that I had within me was such it had to go somewhere. Mm. And I was lucky that I, I became the singer in you know in um, um, the rock and roll band that was became sort of like still to this day is you know they still say well Rose was the you know um, the baddest the baddest rock band ever but um, and they I mean that in a romantic sense um, we didn't we didn't obviously cause anyone purposely any harm but. Um, uh, 'cause it was all about the music. But what, what, what came out on stage was that was that anger, was that was that passion, was that um, it was it was all it all welled up and was able to spill out on the stage. Now what it manifested itself into was something that was a, a spectacle to watch, which helped make the band um, famous. And so even though it came from a nigga and this is this is the great wisdom of of of, of the divine itself even though it was a great negativity, it came from a great negativity. It, it had a positive outcome, or mm. there was a positive. And what that proves to us is that no such thing as all bad or all good. The yin and yang principle is very sound. It, the two things opal, operate simultaneously all the way through your life, so it, you, you, it, it keeps it in balance.
0: Absolutely. Um, one thing I loved reading, Angry. I'm a prolific reader of rock biographies, and when I got to Slash of Guns N' Roses, you get a mention in there. Angry Anderson was everything I thought he'd be. Angry had more tattoos than anyone I'd ever seen, and he was every bit as real and honest as I'd hoped for. Have you read that book? No. Well, there he, you go.
1: He gave me it. I was going. To, I said to him, "It's funny, you know." Um, and not It's no disrespect to Slash because I love the man dearly, <laughs> as I do all the boys in that band. It's um, one of the great delights of my life to see them uh, reform. Because um, I remember saying to Axel once when we were doing some gigs with Axel only a few years ago when he was out here with the the Axel Rose um, Guns and Roses show, so yep. to speak. And I said, "Do you think it'll ever happen, Axel?" He said, "No." Nah. Not in this lifetime, and they used that. It was a wonderful quote from him because they used that quote as the last, the name of their last tour. Yes, I, I remember saying to to Slash when he gave me a copy of his book, and and Duff the same. I said um, I won't read them straight away. Um, I'll read them down the track, um, possibly uh, if something I'm you know sitting in an armchair on a porch somewhere. Sipping whiskey and smoking cigars, but um, <laughs> in other words, in my old age. But um, um, yeah, it was it was it was a lovely because you know the boys were very complimentary. They always have been very supportive. They always said look, you know we we want to mention in our book. Can we do that? And I was well, yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm flattered. Yeah, flattered.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. Actually, um,
1: I got a mention in Chrissy Amphlett's book, too. Well, um, and, ah. um, and she rang me up and she said, I want to read you what I've written about you. And I said, well, okay. So she read it to me on the phone. She goes, how do you feel about that? I said, well, at least it's true, Chris.
0: I actually, I've read that book, <laughs> but I don't recall the uh, the moment. What?
1: Uh, well, she actually mentions me in one moment uh, when we ran into them in New York. And... Um, <clears throat> I was trying to get over the fact that she knocked me back and took Mackeny, um, and because um, I made a play for Chrissy. Yeah. And um, and then, the,
0: the, uh, oh God, imagine you two together. That would have been wild. That's exactly what she said. She was
1: Yeah, you nuts?" She said, "We're best mates, you know, f off." She said, um, "We're better off best mates." She said, "We'd be disastrous together. We'd end up killing one another." <laughs>
0: I think but, that's um, true.
1: There's another mention in the book where where people who know us and know the story, she doesn't mention me by name, but um, people know it was me.
0: Oh, okay. I like that. Well, uh, it has been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Um, Festive season, do you have a message for everyone out there?
1: Yep. Keep the Christ in Christmas. Okay. And all I can say is be there on the night or be square.
0: Well, we do have a very busy March. We've got Farnzi coming with a whole host of people. We've got James Blunt coming to the border. Thankfully, wow. it is all on separate weekends. So we'll get a little break in between each one. And Rose Tattoo, Saturday, March 31 at the SSNA Club. Angry Anderson, thank you for your time. It has been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Anytime. Thank you very much.